Welcome to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke, and today's guest is Rachel Claire Farnsworth. She is a transformational coach and wellness therapist that specializes in releasing anxiety, autoimmune disease, and alcohol dependency. She also has had many experiences, including past lives, in between lives, and future lives. Today, we will discuss these experiences and what we can learn from them. Rachel, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Johnny. It's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. So what is a transformational coach and what made you choose this path? Well, it wasn't the plan. I didn't wake up one day and decide that's what I was going to be. It's kind of how sort of guided me, really. I was going through a bad time in my personal life. My children had gone to live with their dad. I was in a second marriage. It was very toxic. I hadn't realized it was because that was my normal. But it gave me space to really figure out what I wanted because I'd been that full-time mum and without the kids, I felt so lost and broken. So one of my friends said, oh, she thought I could be a psychotherapist. And I was like, that sounds really heavy. What do you do with that? And how long does it train? So I, I found a counselling course that I could train in locally, but it had hypnotherapy. You had to train in that for the first year, which I wasn't interested in, or so I thought. The long story short is that I never did the counselling course. I did the hypnotherapy course. I did an advanced hypnotherapy course at the same time because it just brought me into, well, this is amazing. You can make your subconscious mind work for you. And interestingly, how the universe works, qualified in June 2018 and in October of the same year my daughter was going through a flare-up of her autoimmune disease she was 14 then she'd been diagnosed with it when she was a year old so she'd been suffering a long time with this autoimmune disease juvenileopathic gastritis and we decided to have a session together because she was having a flare-up they told us that she needed to go back on drugs it was probably more powerful than she'd been on before and neither her nor I could face that again because it meant she was being violently ill every weekend. So we decided just to have a session and see what happened with no expectation. I was expecting to do like 50 sessions, one a week for a year or more, just to see if we could reduce her pain. But in that one session that we had together, we were able to release it. And she felt the shift. She was doing all this in the session. And I said, what was that all about? She said, oh, my joints were just clicking back into place. It's like, really? really? Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like, well, if I can do that without really trying, it's very much hypnotherapy by numbers. First of all, relax the client. What else do I need to do? That kind of thing. So if I could do that without really knowing what I was doing, what could I do if I actually did know? So that was the curiosity behind it. And then the more I did help people, the more I was able to say, well, actually, I might have got something here. So it sort of grew, grew legs of its own. And in 2020, I gave up my part-time job and did this full-time just two weeks before lockdown hit in the UK. That was the, the long and the short answer. It just, it's funny, isn't it, how the universe presents things to you in bite-sized bits that's able to be palatable? Because if someone said to me, you need to train in hypnotherapy, I'd have just gone a flat, no way. I'm not interested. <laughs> so it's interesting how life, life works out, really. It does. And the, the hypnotherapy does seem to be an entry point for a lot of these intuitive experiences, hypnotherapy mm -hmm. and meditation as well. Mm -hmm. And it, apparently this is something that you use to help your clients with their health issues. But and I think what you do is you go into their past lifetimes. But before we get into that, 
have you had experiences yourself with things like past lives and life in between lives and, and things of that nature? Yes, I have. Well, my first experience of a past life was being an Indian, like a red Indian. And as a moment, I was actually witnessing myself dying. I could feel this pain in my forehead, like I'd been shot with an arrow. And I actually believe that's why I stuck with migraines in this lifetime. Because since I've been in that scene, my migraines stopped. My migraines just finished completely. Okay. So I think that was a big thing. You know, a head injury in a past life can very often, I've learned since, can very often be a trigger to a migraine in this lifetime. You've had experiences with past lifetimes, life in between lives, and future lives. Which one happened first, or did they kind of all happen at once? Well, the Red Indian one that I've just described was the first one I witnessed. And then in that regression session, I went to an in-between life as a second scene, which was after that Indian one that I've just described. So it was like an in-between life. And that in-between life experience wasn't looking at soul contracts or soul family members. I don't know whether you'd say it was a very British thing. <laughs> I think they're just very, very quiet. It felt like I could be a piece of soil. I could be the air. I could be a little sparrow, a tiny bird. I could be anything. But the immense peace and blissfulness feeling that I had was incredible. Like I really felt connected to everything, everybody, the whole universe. It was just an amazing blissed feeling, like I was on something, but I wasn't. I was just there going, wow. You know, and it, it took a while to sort of work out who I was because I, I wasn't a thing. I was just like a piece of air or a molecule or whatever. And it was a, like a choice. I could choose to be in anything. It was a very surreal experience, but it was a beautiful one. Okay. Were these experiences, because you've obviously had more than one, did they take place before your therapy work, your practice, or was it about the same time? What was the timeline? It was because of the work I do. It was another therapist guiding me into going back into a past life or going into whatever. We were we were just exploring. She just trained them and just like, oh, let's just experiment and see what happens and see where we go. And we were both very surprised at what's possible because the subconscious mind is an incredible tool. It is 95% of everything we do think and feel about ourselves. And using the subconscious, you're able to go past lives, future lives, wherever you want to, this lifetime. You're able to go all over the place. You can time hop. Talking about future lives is something that I don't hear a lot about during a discussion about past lives or the in-between space, which, by the way, the in-between space does come up an awful lot. It's got several different names, the healing place, mm -hmm. home, some might even call it heaven. Mm -hmm. But how do you switch from viewing a past life to viewing a future life? What is that like? It's very similar to going back into a past life, it only we're just time hopping in front. It's like, just seeing yourself, instead of being pulled back, you're going forward into five years, 10 years, a thousand years, wherever you want to be. And it's an amazing thing, actually. And I love it because if you can imagine 
being your own guide. You've already done it five years, 10 years in the future, 20 years, whatever it is that you want. Wouldn't it be amazing? And it is possible to go into 20 years in the future, see where you are. What were your learning curves? What mistakes did you make? Who did you collaborate with? All those sort of things. That is just being your own guide and your own support and your own mentor. Finding out where you are. Are you still in this country? Have you moved? What was that launching thing into your business or whatever it was into your personal life? Who did you meet? Who are you with? It's just a beautiful thing. And then you bring that experience, that knowledge back into the now and the energy of your future evolved self into the now. And so you're collapsing time. It's beautiful. (laughs) It is. It's amazing. And you can see who you collaborate with. You can see if you're writing a book, what's your book title? What's it all about? It's just an amazing experience. And it's just like collapsing time because you're not second guessing so much. You've got like a more of a laser focus into what you want in life. It's brilliant. So how far into the future were you actually able to go? Well, when I was training, Gersh, who trained me, she said, let's go a thousand lifetimes into the future. Wow. thousand lifetimes or a thousand years? A thousand lifetimes. Yes, a thousand lifetimes. And you're like, can't get my head around that. What's that even going to look like? Now, some people in the group were getting messages, like just keep going or you're doing the right thing or you're on the right path, that kind of thing. I didn't get that. What I got was this amazing like electric bolt of lightning it felt like it was coming through my crown chakra it felt really powerful like a bolt of lightning i had to ask it to turn it down because it was just so intense but it felt like i was being held it felt lovely it felt loving but it was very an intense energy and it just sort of filled the whole of me up it was an incredible experience and it was just an amazing experience of all this energy I didn't know where to do it. And I'm like, I need to turn it down because it felt like I was going to explode. It was so intense. Obviously, I didn't. If you're that far into the future, what does the world look like? Are there still buildings? Are there still phones? Do people still have jobs? That what does it look like? That would be a great experience. I don't know. I didn't experience that. It was just the energy of it. It was just like a snapshot. But it would be great to go back or go forward again and find out those sort of answers. It was just... In that moment, I don't feel like I had a body. I felt like I was more of an evolved being. So maybe I'm not the right person to ask what we're doing on the planet because I don't actually feel like I had a body in a thousand lifetimes. I felt like I was this more evolved spirit being. Like maybe a light being? Definitely, yes. Yes. I'm not really sure the earth is going to be here a thousand lifetimes from now. That's just a thought. Let's talk about your practice. How do you use what you've learned about past lives and the in-between space and the future lives to actually help your clients? I just go back to how, when and where the issue began that they want to work with. I do work with anxiety, depression and long-term health conditions because the body tells a story whatever your body's telling you, there's a message there in the pain and symptoms. So it's just about going back into how and where it began. Very often it is this lifetime. Sometimes it is a past life. I've helped clients go into a future life, like in five years time, six months time, where those issues have been resolved and how they feel and bring that energy of being well and feeling like they're able to move their body in all the ways that they should. 
bringing that energy back into the now as well. So it's very intuitive how I work, but it is all about releasing the pain and symptoms. It's just there's emotional pain lying behind the presenting symptoms. So it's just about going into where it began, analysing it in the conscious mind and releasing it and letting it go. All right. So when you bring a client into the future, let's say five, 10 years from now, that's them in this life. Mm -hmm. So they can actually see themselves in their current and their future surroundings. How much does it actually change in your experience? It can be so different. I was helping a client release psoriasis and we did that. And then we went five years into the future. She's at college right now. And in five years, she's actually on stage as an opera singer. She saw her engagement ring on stage. She's looking down at her hands and like, oh, my hands are clear. I've not got psoriasis anymore. Oh, I've got this engagement ring on. Oh, wow, it's amazing. I feel like Adele. I'm on stage. I've got thousands of people. I'm not even in this country. I think she said she was in America. And she was just like owning it, being this amazing opera singer. And she said, oh, next week I'm in France. And we're just doing this tour around the world of this amazing thing. And and right now she's still training at college or university and she's helping people learn how to play guitar and singing and trying to get money in order to fund her university studies. And so that, that just blew her away of how she was so evolved five years down the line. Have you ever had an experience with this practice taking them into the future where their circumstances maybe get worse instead of better? I've had one that immediately comes to mind where she was 10 years in the future and she saw her mum dying. And obviously that was very distressful for her. And I said, so it doesn't actually mean that in 10 years to the day your mum's dying. Maybe there's a message behind it. Maybe it's a metaphor. And she was able to see that she got a lot of unhealed wounds around her mum. That she And so we were able to do that. And she felt so much better after she'd done that. I think her parents were in America. She was living in Europe. She felt her brother was looked at better than she was. That kind of feeling because he was still at home and she wasn't. And she felt like she got a fend for herself in different ways to him. So it was looking at the relationship around that and then she was like oh yeah it was just a metaphor I just needed to clear some emotions between my relationship with my mum and myself that was a really beautiful session so do you think as practitioners using past lives past life regressions past life readings as well as the LBL space life between lives and future lives do you think the future lives component will become more popular in this type of practice or not necessarily? I hope so, because if you can time hop in the future and you can gain some knowledge about what you're doing and how you're helping people or how you're helping the planet, isn't that a better way so you can sort of speed dial it almost to get the best out of the life that you're living now? I think that's just an amazing thing. It's not cheating. It's just a lovely way, isn't it, of going and using yourself as your guide and, and your leadership to be able to do so that you're more laser focused on what you want and any mistakes or things that you've made along the way or didn't work out quite so well, you can see what they were and you've got different choices. I think that's a really lovely thing to be able to do. Well, from what I've witnessed in these episodes and the testimony 
is that it seems to be a more advanced type of therapy for people to see actually what is holding them back and how it can be corrected as opposed to conventional therapy, which could take much more time and much more money. Mm. That's what I've seen so far. Mm -hmm. As far-fetched as that may seem to some people, that messaging is pretty consistent mm. across the board. Mm. So let's talk about more of your extraordinary experiences. I believe you have a memory of actually being in the womb. Would that count as an experience in between lives or is it something different? I think it's something different, but it doesn't really matter what label you put on it, to be honest. It's just an experience, isn't it? In life, histories of experiences. And it was something that came to me quite a lot as a little kid. But I sort of dismissed it, thinking it was just like a dream almost that just kept reoccurring in my head when I was awake, not just to sleep, but when I was awake. It was kind of me going in and out of body thing. It was very weird. It felt like I kept going up. It felt like I was going up and asking, look, I need to just get some things straight here. Am I doing this, this and this? Who is my tribe? Where do I need to be? I feel scared. I don't want to do this. Can I change my mind? It was all that. <laughs> Interestingly, when I was born, every year used to say to me, you didn't know how to be born and you got it wrong <laughs> because I was feet first. And so I was cesarean. And so by being told that every year, it made me feel very anxious because it made me feel like if I don't know how to be born, then I shouldn't be here. I, I shouldn't be on the planet. Someone's going to find out that I'm an imposter. That's the real thing. It really felt so true that I'm an imposter. I've been reading Dolores Cannon's work, and she talks about how we do know what we're doing. We come in for a reason. And I was there sort of doing this sort of thing in the womb. Like, I'm not coming out. It's too scary. So I was like avoiding that whole, like, maybe I've changed my mind, I'm not coming out. And looking at my life, I can see why I would feel like that. There's a lot of stuff I had to go through before I start the transformation and start doing what I'm doing now. I had to go through my own pain and heal it in order to do what I'm doing now. I can understand why little me would feel that way. But so you had that memory even as a child mm -hmm. then, right? Mm -hmm. That's right? Were there any other memories or any other incidents of seeing spirits or anything that could be considered psychic phenomena, paranormal phenomena? Yeah, I, looking back, yes, I think so. I had an imaginary friend and so did my sister. We both called them different things. I was scared of the hallway where I used to live in our first house. It felt like a dark energy near my bedroom, like a shadow. And so even just running to the toilet and back again, I used to do that quickly. But then when we moved house, I never experienced that again. So I can't put a definite on it. I had got that feeling, though, that there was something there for sure. And didn't you also have an experience with, I believe it was a Ouija board, yes. where I think your nan came through. Tell us about that. Yes, that was so weird. I was actually just going to a Chinese meal with friends. It was my boyfriend's friends who used to work with him. So it was just a normal night out. Only this friend of my boyfriend said, oh, you know, we'd had the meal, we'd been drinking a little bit. And he just said... Why don't we get the Ouija board out? You know, just scrabble letters. And his girlfriend was like, absolutely not. I'm going to sit in the lounge. I'm not participating. And the three of us were like, well, actually, I've never done that before. My mum's told me never to do it, but why not? You know, so we got the scrabble letters and made the alphabet round and a glass. 
and asked if there's any there and the glass started to move and we started to laugh you know I was in my 20s and then it was well who's there and it came out my nan and so we asked it what was my grandfather's name and it spelt George and we're like okay I'm the only one who knows that nobody else is pushing this glass and I'm certainly not pushing the glass and then it was what message have you got and the message was long and the scrubble letters were sort of going well they're falling off the table at this point because the glass was moving so fast and the message was Rachel leave Clive Clive being my boyfriend's name the glass moving was it moving by itself or did you have your fingertips on it was moving like that very fast nobody was holding it it was too fast to be no one was touching it with all three of us have got our fingers on the glass but it was moving so fast no one was pushing or pulling it they couldn't have been it was a bit spooky and i was in my 20s so i walked home on my own at three o'clock in the morning because he himself dumped interesting was that your first experience with what we would call the non-physical world? Yes. Or were there others? Okay. No, that was the first. Didn't also your son have a past life memory? Yes, he did. That was a bit very interesting, actually, as well, because he just started crying. And I went to comfort him, as you would, and just said to him, what's the matter, sweetheart? And he just said, I want my other mother. I said, what do you mean you want your other mother? Well, not you, mummy, my other mother. And we didn't talk about mother. That's not a word that we particularly used, you know, it's mummy or mum. But he distinctly said, I want my other mother, not you, mummy. And so I was trying to get him to talk. He was sobbing uncontrollably. I would have taken him there if I knew where she was. I can't describe how I felt. And I felt like powerless, helpless. I didn't know what to do except to hold him and tell him that he was loved and that I loved him and I'm his mum. But he's like, no, mummy, I don't want you. I want my other mother, sobbing uncontrollably. Now I talk about it to him and he's forgotten all about it. He doesn't recollect that at all. So he's forgotten about it mm -hmm. completely. He just thinks I'm the woo-woo one now. You also have a story about your current partner and messages that I think you both were receiving at the time. Yes, that was quite an interesting thing as well, because I've been to a group of people and they've sort of said to me, oh, you might be interested in this Telegram group. So I went on that and then somebody else introduced me to another Telegram group. So it's about real history, real geography and a spiritual group on Telegram. And Kevin was on both of those. So to me, it was like, wow, if somebody thinks like me, that's great. You know, just on its own, that's incredible. So I said to him, look, I think we need to have a conversation. The fact that you're in two groups with me is pretty good. So we just had a conversation. I wouldn't expect it to go anywhere except just to sort of share some stories, really. And the spiritual group he was in was about consciousness in Lincolnshire. He actually lives in Nottinghamshire. So I have no idea why I was in that group at all. <laughs> and as we were talking, he said that his wife had died just 10 months ago and he would got three children and that sort of stuff. He told me where he lived. And I thought, that's interesting because when I had a spiritual reading in 2019 with my friend from school, who's a spiritual medium, she told me that I'd been moving to the centre of England. They were her words. You'll be moving to the centre of England. I want to say Birmingham, but it's the centre. That's her exact words. And I'm like, I don't want to move there. Why would I want to move there? When I told him that, he said, oh, I said, why is that? He said, because I helped plant a tree in a primary school to mark the centre of England. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a bit cool, isn't it? 
And now I live 10 miles from that tree. So that is just incredible. But also while we were talking, he told me that before his wife died, that he had to sell his hot tub because the money was tight. I, I had just become a best-selling author to the power of reinvention in a co-author book. And I decided to celebrate by buying myself a hot tub. Well, three weeks before, I hadn't even got any notion of buying a hot tub, but I just wanted something to celebrate. It was 2021. Holidays weren't really a thing. So I bought a hot tub just to blow up inflatable hot tub. And when I told him, he said, oh, that's funny. I said, why is that? He said, well, my wife said she'd get me one because they had to sell it. She said, oh, she'd find a way to get me a hot tub one way or another. And we both got goosebumps in that moment. So it was like truth bumps. Okay. So what was the special message that you had for each other in a nutshell? Well, that was a special message that he'd got the message that, that he'd planted the tree to mark the centre of England. And that's where I needed to be. Because Penny had told me that in 2019, this was now 2021. And the hot tub thing was like a confirmation. It, it was like a blessing. He took it to mean a blessing that it was okay to move forward in a different relationship. Like his wife was saying it's okay because here's the hot tub. I told you I was going to get you one and here it is. Anything else that we need to know on the topic? Just that our subconscious minds are so powerful. They've got all the answers, whether you're consciously aware of them or not. The subconscious mind just knows if you've got pain and symptoms, it's just your body telling you you're out of alignment. It's just really powerful. And the more I do it, the more I want to do it. It, it lights me up so much. It's just very exciting to, to work with that subconscious mind, to go past life, future life, the now life. It doesn't matter. You know, the answers are within all of us and going within is just the most amazing thing to do. Past lives, in between lives and future lives. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us today. How can our listeners find you online? Okay, well, I've got a link tree, which has got all my links. So link tree forward slash wellness with Rachel Farnsworth or my website, which is wellness with Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. I will put that in the show notes and the transcript as well. You've been listening to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. You can also find more information on closertovenus.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.